0: I'm Sean,
1: and I'm Alex, (laughs) and And that's Grayson. Grayson,
0: and this is Autism, Building the Puzzle,
1: One Piece at a Time.
0: Hi and welcome, this is Sean, and we're here with Building the Puzzle, One Piece at a Time. Um, I got my wonderful wife with me.
1: Hello, hello. Excited for another great episode.
0: Oh, yeah. I think we've been uh, preparing this uh, one for quite a while. Yes. Um, we're going to really spend a lot of time talking about our story and what we've experienced through the four to almost four and a half years now of being parents to Grayson, and um, and uh, we're super excited about it. I mean, I think Alex has written about 40 pages of notes of all the things uh, <laughs> she wants to talk about Listen, today. There's a
1: lot of important um, topics here. So I want to be prepared and I, I want to give everybody the most information. Kind of give us, us yeah. a background story.
0: And, and of course, you know, <clears throat> when we talk about our son, we get really
1: excited about it. So We do. <laughs> we talk about him every minute, even if he's not with us. I think that's what every parent does. Of course. I mean, look, we're doing it right now. Yeah, we actually have it. He goes to his mima and grandpa's just so we can record so we can talk about him some more. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, actually.
0: Oh, all right. So uh, Alex, why don't you, uh, you know, kick it off. Where would you like
1: to start? So like Sean said, we're going to be talking about a lot of important information, just our background, our journey. Um, so this is going to be all about us and our son, Grayson. Um, So we're gonna start off with the beginning of when Grayson was a baby, and when Grayson was an infant. um, He was a fantastic baby. He he was just joyful. He never cried and stuff. He was so quiet. He was so quiet. Very calm. Yeah, very calm. Self-soothing. Very, yes, he was great. great at that. Never took a pacifier. Um, I think he did the pacifier for about four days when we came home from the hospital and then that was it. He just stopped on his own, which I was happy about because I did not want to go through the whole pacifier thing and having to take it away one day and it messing up his teeth, so we just didn't do it. Um, So yeah, he was a great baby. He loved motion. When he would sleep, he hated the halo bassinet. He would always sleep in the mamaroo or in his swinging glider. Um, it wasn't abnormal though. I didn't think it was a problem. Like I wasn't like, oh, he wants this all day, every day. So it just soothe them. Yeah, it was just like normal baby stuff. So baby wanted to be rocked, so it was just you know regular baby stuff.
0: Yeah, it's great when you have equipment that can rock the baby for you.
1: Yeah, yes. How <laughs> <laughs> times have so changed since a years ago, long, long time long. ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, certain things he would do. He did like we would sit him in his chair, and he would he was strapped in and he would rock a lot and that probably was a problem but me not knowing any signs of autism at that point and not even knowing anybody with autism it again did not stand out to me as a problem um he would get excited kick his legs his arms we would put him at the front of the room, and within literally two minutes, he would be about ten feet back, all the way at the sofa in the chair. He could literally move it; it had he could no rock wheels. The
0: whole chair backwards. Just
1: by rocking his body forward and backward. Um, so yeah, the one thing that probably should have stood out was every time, like if we went to my mother's house, my grandmother lived there, and she had a wheelchair, and he loved to s- spin the wheels. Um, when she wasn't, you know, sitting in it, she would sit on the couch and he would just spin them over and over again. That and her bike pedals from her exercise bike. And that should have been, like, the first clue that, okay, he it's a little obsessive because he would just sit there forever and do it. Um, so, yeah, that probably should have been a first clue. But, again, did not know any signs and just never thought, just thought he was a normal typical baby. Did not think that that would happen to us at that time. I was... I wasn't ignorant to it. But, yeah, when you don't know, I guess I kind of was a little ignorant to it. Um yeah. So.
0: I mean, when we were going to all the, obviously, the first year, you're going to pediatrician appointments, like, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> so, when we were going to those appointments and stuff, um, you know, the doctor would ask us, you know, is he doing this yet? Is he doing that yet? Is he sitting up? Is he holding his head up? You know, all that kind of kind of stuff throughout that first year. Is he crawling or rolling over? All that kind of stuff. And, it, and um, we didn't think there was a, any problem because they would ask us that, and then we're like, oh, he's not doing it yet. And then three days later, he would start doing
1: it. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. So we didn't
0: think it was, like, you know, a major problem or anything like that because it he, was... He missed the milestones, but... How do you go by 3 days so mean, shortly that's that it, just no it didn't seem like that. a big problem or anything.
1: No, and like she our- just kept assuring us that everything was perfect with him. Like, he's perfect, but he going to have more children. There was never anything that stood out to them at all. And that's why I think it was such a shock, because for a long time, I just thought he was neurotypical. I just, no thoughts of it at all. Um... So, yeah, so, like, what Sean said, missing milestones w- didn't really happen. He did not crawl. Um, he did take a really long time to walk. He did not walk until 18 months. But, again, the doctor had said, well, he's, you know, he's a bigger kind of baby, um, so he can't hold his weight yet. So, it was just kind of written off. It was, that was normal. Nothing to worry about. Doesn't need to crawl. No big deal. He scooted a lot on his butt. He scooted everywhere. But no one said it was a problem.
0: Um yeah. And then, I think, after some time, I think, is when he started, we started to realize kind of...
1: When he wasn't he talking. Was stimulating,
0: he was stimming a lot, mm-hmm. he wasn't,
1: um... I think the not talking came first no for us. No talking at all. Yeah. But
0: those are some of the things I think we noticed in the, you know, the first things we've noticed, we noticed that, um...
1: But even the talking, I didn't think was, I didn't even think the talking was a problem until the doctor wrote the prescription for the speech delay and things just took off from there. I mean, he wasn't like 11 months and I was like, oh my gosh, he's not talking. He would babble so much and he started saying, mom, I'd say six, seven months. It was very, very early. And we both thought, like, okay, I thought he was going to be an early talker. And then everything just changed. So even at that time, I did not think that there was a problem. It wasn't until after he was a little over one i'd say yeah. 12 13 months that she started saying about the speech delay. Uh he said baba all the time. Um and that was still happening around that time of the appointment of the speech delay prescription and then and that shortly just completely stopped and we never heard that again.
0: Yeah, and that's when we then contacted EI early intervention.
1: Yeah, we started EI at 18 months and that and went to 3 years.
0: And, yeah, that was when they somebody first talked about him potentially being autistic at the time and um yeah i mean i wasn't around very much for ei because i was working all the time and alex was in on all those ot appointments and appointments with the di and um why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with that
1: So, like Sean had said, when the practitioners came out for the evaluation for the speech delay, um, after the evaluation, towards the end of the process, I had heard one of the evaluators say to the other evaluator, possible autism. And I thought to myself, he's definitely autistic. And I just started hysterically crying sitting there. And not one of them came over to me and was like, no, we don't know yet. It's okay. Like, don't get upset. Let's get them evaluated. There was none of that. It was possible autism. And then they literally walked out two minutes later. And I remember Sean coming home. I don't know if he worked from home that day or if he came home from work later on. I was, I was working. And I came in and I said, he he has autism. And he's like, what? Well, we don't know. I'm like, no, he 100% has autism. And I just thought like, gosh, I have to start reading about this. So... I remember getting a hot bath that day and just going to town on my cell phone and just reading about everything. But I knew then, I didn't need a diagnosis to tell me. Once they mentioned it, I I knew. Um, And I, that was my biggest fear again when I was pregnant. And I remember talking to my grandmom about it, like what happens if he's autistic? And I knew nothing. I didn't even, never met a child with autism. I never even knew. So why that was a fear of mine, I don't know. But I just was so worried about that. And that's what ended up happening. so at that time, it was a really, really tough pill to swallow. Um, I thought to myself, I don't even know what to do. I'm, we're done. Like, And I remember then getting angry and saying to Sean, I'm not going to have this in my house. This is not going to happen in our house. And just completely being ignorant to it and thinking that I was going to change it or fix it. But I I didn't know then what I was getting into. So that week went by with the anger, the, uh, the depression, and then it just was like a light switch. And I just thought... I have to do something. I can't let this be it. Like, I have to figure out how to make this better right now in this early stage and just go with it. And I have to pretty much work my butt off. And it's been nonstop since then. It, it, I never went back the other way.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think, you know, you can compare it a lot to, like, a grieving process, you
1: know? Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: Um, and how you feel and how you go through... The,
1: the expectations change at that through, point.
0: like, when you first find out and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, she was... I know she was determined to do everything she could to support Grayson. Yeah. Um, and you did. You did. I mean, she spent hours, 20 hours a week probably, doing early intervention and working with him, with yeah. the therapist and stuff, because she wanted to... She didn't want just to let all those therapists uh, do a bunch of the work. She wanted to learn and get involved with him and really help him so that she could do things with him when they weren't around. um, Because I knew once they walked out, I
1: was literally on my own. Um, When they're coming for an hour in the beginning and then it goes to two hours, that's not a lot of time out of a a 24-hour day. And I need to learn how to manage my kid and, and how to make his life easier, so... I mean, I literally wouldn't even walk away to go to the bathroom because I didn't ever want to leave my child with a stranger that I really didn't know. And I just needed to be hands-on and, and in there, and I was always involved with therapy from the start. Um, yeah.
0: And then that led us down, uh, obviously, to the path of uh, going to a developmental pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a, an appointment scheduled with uh, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and uh, took Grayson down there for a full evaluation and um, see if they would give him a diagnosis or not, which we were pretty, pretty, uh, you know, confident that that was going to be the case. So, yeah. Um, we pretty much knew that going into it, but
1: which made it easier, I think, and it made I doctors' it made it lives easier, easier because they already knew we yeah. knew what was but coming. But it, it was
0: still a little bit hard to hear, hear him it, say that sure. and hear the results of the test. All in all, um, and he had a, a speech assessment while he was there as well. Um, it's definitely a long process. It's a long thing going it's like four through the to six operations. hours. Um, so, I mean, that could be tough.
1: And a lot of money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very expensive, yes. Yeah, thousands. But, you know, the, the official um, diagnosis is really important for you to get services, services. particularly after early intervention, because early intervention in most states ages out at three.
1: And even early um, intervention, you need a prescription for either a speech delay or something to get some the process sort of, started. Uh, yeah,
0: So, how did you feel about the... Experience of uh, his evaluation and everything.
1: We took him like uh, we took him to chop of Children's Hospital Philadelphia, um, and like Sean said, it was a really long appointment. At that time, I don't feel like Grayson really participated at all. He had no receptive language at all. He, there was really getting nothing. They were getting nothing out of him. They were asking him to do things. He, he didn't do anything, and I knew he was not going to do anything. He was a stubborn little kid. Um, He did not want to do anything for therapy. He was not
0: very social at that point. I knew he
1: was, he doesn't care what they're asking him. He's involved. Grayson was involved at that point in his own life. He did not understand what anybody was saying to him. So it was completely irrelevant. I knew he was going to score extra, extra low on all of those areas. Um, So when we met, you first meet with the speech therapist and they go through a whole assessment. Then later on you meet with the doctors and they give you their official diagnosis and you know, you ask any questions, take notes, things like that. When she had brought us back, we and explained, you know, he does have autism, everything. And back then he was headbanging really bad. There was zero receptive language. There was no speaking at all. So we had said to her, how severe is he? And she said, he's really too young. I don't want to put a tag of a level on it yet. So we had said, okay, well, if you had to right now at this point, what would you say? And he said, she said, I would say severe all for the reasons I just mentioned. Um, but the reason she didn't want to put a level on it is because Grayson had not yet at that point received any ABA therapy. He was only getting early intervention. There was no speech therapy, um, because doctor's orders were, he cannot go out of the home for speech therapy. It has to be in the home, natural environment because of the head banging and not him like hurting himself outside or like on the cement or at these places. It was just we were trying to get the behavior under control, and he couldn't handle, at that point, going to another place for those services.
0: So... I mean, wh-
1: that was the real
0: main reason that, uh, that... Well, the two main reasons she would aqua- have uh, classified him as yeah severe was language, the language and the headbanging. Mm-hmm. Together, that makes for a, a more difficult case. Um, obviously, challenging behaviors is probably... And communication they're probably the one and two big challenges, um that our our children face in the autism Yeah unfortunate world. So yeah. Um I mean and then, you know, obviously at that point you get to have those wonderful conversations with your friends and family members <laughs> about
1: yeah, like the how fact that you your start, child's
0: autistic and
1: how do you start that off, you know? Um, um
0: that was I mean, I remember we didn't, we didn't come out and tell a lot of people right away. Um, you know, I think we needed to kind of process it and think about, you know, how it's affecting us and how telling different people is going to affect us. We don't even understand I'm Grayson. it. We don't understand it completely at that point in time, ourselves either. I mean, yeah, we dove into it. <laughs> and learn as much as we honestly, could. And we're that's why we were still pretty early in the process before...
1: Yeah. And that's why we didn't tell anybody. We, I we, I needed to process it myself before I could even talk about it to somebody else. And I was not embarrassed at all. It was just... I needed to wait until we were somewhere to where I knew exactly what was going on with Grayson at that point. And I think a little bit was that I just wanted to protect him a little bit longer. I did talk to my grandmother about it a little bit. Um, but she was the only one. And... I, I didn't even tell my friends. I might have told one friend. I I don't even think I did that. I mean, I yeah. don't think it was anybody. I just I needed time, and I needed to just focus on Grayson, and putting him first, and that was my biggest priority.
0: Yeah, I I was a little nervous and had some anxiety about telling people, because um, obviously you don't you don't know how people are going to react to certain things. I mean, you know, certain people in your life you trust and you know very well uh, that it's going to go really well when you talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, I was astonished at how many people are like, oh, no, he doesn't have any problems.
1: Yeah, it's like they're (laughs) fighting with us about it. Like, oh, just give it time, he'll be fine. Like, no, I'm telling you, he has autism. Like, if you can't see when he's spinning nonstop and flapping, like, it it was was clear as day to me at that that point. point, And then it was like, for me... It was like, I started getting angry at those people. Like, what are you talking about? Like, don't tell me my child's neurotypical. Like, it just completely switched um, to where we just knew. And we just thought those people were being a little ridiculous. Yeah.
0: And it's it's kind of tough having the conversation over and over and over and over again yeah. with people. And that's are trying to defend something's wrong. Uh, but, you know, and also the way, you know... People look at you at the store when they're spinning around or you know
1: And we never cared about that ever.
0: Screaming because they're doing something or something's bothering them. We never cared. You know.
1: Grayson can go in the middle of Target and spin and dance. He can throw his iPad down. Well he doesn't bring it to Target, but if he did, (laughs) he would throw it down and you know what? I would stand right there and just dance with him because we are not embarrassed. I love Grayson. I think it's the cutest thing when he's doing those things. I just look at him and smile I'm like, you're perfect to me, you are perfect. And that's it, I mean, I never was ashamed of him, ever. Um, And I think it's made life much more enjoyable, honestly. I could never imagine being embarrassed by that, but I guess some people are. Yeah,
0: so then, I mean, at that point, we're we're doing uh, early intervention, and we have our diagnosis, so they're using that information with early intervention. And then, kind of, uh, um, a few things ended up happening. And we had a major regression from Grayson. um,
1: Not even really a regression. He He just didn't want want to work anymore. He
0: didn't want anybody in the house other than us.
1: And Chop thought it was a really good thing, actually, because he was noticing what they were there for, and that he had to do things. And he didn't want to, because he's stubborn. um, And he does not want to work. He is super intelligent. But at that time, it was also, like, a receptive language problem, too. Mm -hmm. So I think it caused a lot of anxiety with Grayson because of it being, Mm -hmm. like, a language barrier and him not understanding and not wanting to do the work. So, like the doctor said, some kids don't even notice when the therapists are walking in or even doing anything. So thankfully, he was aware of that. So I took it as a, a, you know, a positive thing.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our show sponsors... Here at Building the Puzzle, we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you're in luck. The Speech Paradigm has you covered. They're helping children overcome speech challenges all across New Jersey. They offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy. Please reach out to them. You can uh, take a look on their website at www.thespeechparadigm.com. You can reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson & Company uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at grayson Company. .myshopify.com as well as on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Etsy. On Etsy, they can be found at Grayson and Company Toys. And now back to the show. It was definitely a big challenge, though. I mean, we had Mm -hmm. we got to the point where the DI, like the new plan that was written for him (laughs) was... The DI was just to walk in the door and stand there for 10 minutes. Not even sit down, just stand at the door (laughs) for 15 minutes. And if Grayson was okay, then he could move into the middle of the room. Yeah,
1: and that went on for a week. And
0: that went on for a week. And then when he made that mark, he he was able to sit down. And then he was able to eventually move close, like, one seat closer to Grayson. Then he could hand Grayson a
1: book. (laughs) Then he could hand
0: Grayson, and it was just like, It was like a month-long process of getting him back to that point. Honestly,
1: it was longer than that. And I don't think we ever got him back, to be honest. Um, The state BCBA came out when we were having all of the problems with EI. And a couple months after that, his OT left because she went on maternity leave. And then a couple months after that, he aged out. And we went right into ABA because they had at that point said, we can't help you anymore. This is out of our scope of practice. So at that point was when we started looking for ABA, and that
0: worked out pretty good with the timing anyway. Because we did. were going to have to move out of EI because yeah. he was going to age out anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, within a couple months of that, mm-hmm. two or three months of that time period anyway. So, um, so we got the the, the extra help with ABA. The perfect time, I would say. Yes. So, yeah, and we so we started ABA, and we decided to go take him to a biomedical doctor right around the same time period. He started, I think we started ABA, ABA in a June few months before and went biomedical. to biomedical
1: that November, so, so it was like...
0: About four months difference. So, and, and I mean, ABA, we started off slow.
1: No programs. I think
0: no programs. We didn't do any... Well, we didn't do any discrete trials. We couldn't give any demands at all.
1: We had to let Grayson engage on his own, which, if you know, ABA is usually very strict table um, and running trials the whole time. We we had to start off that way because we couldn't have him doing the same thing he did in early intervention and just completely stopping working again. So we eased into it, no programs, and we literally had no programs for probably about a year. Um, And it worked out very well. We got Grayson to just trust the therapist and the receptive language was finally there so it was more of an environmental um all you know
0: natural environment i believe they call it aba therapy where you know they're t- teaching things as grayson you know interacts with different toys and books and puzzles and stuff as opposed to you know sitting them at a table and having them go through tasks and stuff like that um You know, and they wanted to spend a lot of time pairing with him because one of the things I think we all learned from EI was that he is very picky with some of the things he likes. So reinforcing him for doing things well was a big challenge in the beginning. Uh, We had a lot of trouble figuring out what the best reinforcers for him were. And you know, I th- think it there took were no all way to ABA for a while to really narrow that down. And I think we we eventually got it to the his iPad. And we knew the <laughs> TV was, was, was a, a
1: reinforcer, but it just it just didn't work out reinforcer. because the problem was was that the TV had to be on for Grayson to actually do the tests. When the TV went off, Grayson didn't work anymore. So they took that as okay. He's a child that wants something on in the background while he's working, and they got more out of him at that point. So you weren't going to shut off the TV to reinforce when, at that point, he would just completely shut down. Um, we tried puffs. We've tried yogurt. The puffs would work for about three puffs, one at a time. And then once he was on to, wait a minute, I have to do something to get the puff? Guess what? <laughs> I don't want to eat it anymore. And he would just completely just give up. Just forget
0: about it. Yeah,
1: he was, he's like his mama. <laughs> he's he, Give it to me at all once or nothing at all. Um So, yeah, so I want to go back for a second, though, because I had said that it was about a year from ABA, and then until things got better. But we started ABA June of 2019, and I would say things turned around end of November, beginning of December 2019, which is when we started...
0: The biomedical
1: treatment. Yes. So, the biomedical treatment, uh, Grayson couldn't focus on completing tasks in ABA. He didn't wanna work, he just he just needed a little bit of a push. Um, so I started going online and just literally enthralling myself in what other parents were doing, diets, everything. So we tried, the first thing we did was we took him off of dairy. We took him off of, well, milk, cow's milk. And we switched to rice milk and hemp milk. Um, first, we tried almond milk, and he absolutely hated that. But the thing that was good with the hemp milk is because of the omegas and everything else, we thought that that would be really important and beneficial for him.
0: I don't know how he likes it. Hemp milk? It's disgusting.
1: Well, Oh, how he likes it. Yeah, well, he loves it. It's and so It's so good that we started when we did, though, because he I don't think he would drink it now if we would have taken him off of cow's milk. So that was the first thing. We noticed, like, little changes. He was more alert and listening and stuff. No talking yet or anything like that. But he was more alert, so we were like, okay. So we just kept going with that. But he still ate yogurt, and he still ate, like, macaroni and cheese, things like that. So he had a little bit of dairy, casein. Then what we did was we, I took him to a biomedical doctor. I originally reached out to a distant cousin of mine who has a lot of experience in the autistic, autism field. Um, he's a well-known doctor, world-renowned, has autistic centers all over the world. So, I reached out to him and he told him kind of, you know, Grayson headbangs, we're having behavior, he can't focus, things like this. And he had suggested a few things and he said, everything you're doing is right, taking him off of the gluten. So, he was still eating regular meals with gluten, but we took him off all of his gluten snacks. So, we went to gluten free snacks and no cow's milk. And he said, all of that was correct and that he recommended a few things, which were a multivitamin called Supernuthera. Uh, DMG, which is a very potent... It's it's not a multivitamin, but it's supposed to be very good for behavior and bringing on a child's speech. And I think those were the only two things we, we started with. And from that point on, I thought, okay, now I need to find a doctor to tell me how to dose these vitamins. So that was the next step. I need to find a biomedical because my pediatrician cannot help me with this. Honestly, there was literally nothing she could help me with other than us getting him diagnosed, getting him in early intervention and then that was the end of it. And to be honest he has not been back at the pediatrician since. Um, Nothing is helping him there. He's never been sick so he's never had to go. He's never had an ear infection. He only got sick one time after his 18 month vaccines and he was really sick. Um, High fever so I don't know if that had an effect on him or not but... So I found them by a medical doctor, and they were like a godsend from the beginning. They told us other things, other vitamins to start him on. We did fish oil, we did a probiotic, we He's did a multivitamin,
0: on a five HTP to help him. Sleep well, that in was later. Iron. That that What's was that? about
1: eight months later, after we started mineral
0: drops. Yes. Um. Yeah, and, and I want to interject too. You know, we're just telling you what our doctor. Put him on. I mean, they did an extensive blood test on him to find out what well, he's deficient. Hair test. In, or hair test. They're sorry. not getting
1: blood from him. Yeah. Sorry,
0: hair <laughs> test. Um, where they were able to, you know, see what things he's lacking. You know, all of our children are different. Um, neurotypical or autistic doesn't matter. Every one of them has different needs. So you know, I think that's very different. important that you make sure, like, before you put your kid on anything, you want to make sure you talk to a doctor. You know, if it's all, particularly if it's all natural stuff, you want to try to speak to a biomedical doctor because that's where their their experience lies. So, and uh, I mean, I couldn't believe how quickly some of that stuff had an effect on him.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, the fish oil. Remember, it was like literally the night we gave it to him.
0: By the next day, he was like a completely different kid. We couldn't
1: believe it. It was like it was right before our eyes. Like it was really amazing. He just
0: started listening. Was looking at you every time he called his name. Yeah. I mean, he he made eye contact before that.
1: He so had good eye contact. He and didn't that's have why bad eye contact,
0: but I mean, like you would call his name and he'd snap around and look at you like in a split second. Yeah, there was no delay. There was no like his mind wasn't wandering around looking for things to.
1: And that's why the pediatrician never thought was he was amazing. autistic. She still to this day does not think he has autism because he has eye contact. I, I have to explain that it's a spectrum why i am explaining that to a doctor is totally beyond me but um that's where we're at so the biomedical was great it was just a whole different view they cared more about him as a patient
0: and what about um what about when um our bcba behavioral yeah
1: they left on a friday the bcba and grayson was horrible at that point he was not completing the task nothing we go to, buy. Bio- we started him on the vitamins that weekend because we wanted it to be on a weekend. So we started it Friday night and then Saturday, Sunday, and they came back on Monday. And I had said, oh, yeah, I took him to a biomedical. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of BCBAs and ABA therapists, things like that, they don't really believe in that. You'll find a few, but if they do, they're not allowed to say. So she kind of looked at me like I was crazy. And then like a half an hour went by and Grayson was just doing what they wanted him to do and she looks at me and she goes this is unbelievable this was like a flip of a switch because they literally saw him three days prior to that so she's like i i have to tell the other parents about this um it was just absolutely incredible to see that somebody else was seeing the changes that we were seeing that it wasn't just us i mean it was so
0: noticeable and biomedical is not going to be a cure for any of our children
1: no and to be honest anybody can go to a biomedical it's vitamins nutrients i
0: think think the the idea though is we need to give our kids the best opportunity to learn as much as they can when they do have therapy right right
1: yeah and i will say this if you a lot one in five children that have autism are on a special diet they're some of them are on gluten-free casein-free Um, The GFCF is the most common diet, but then you have a range of protocols too that a lot of parents don't know about. You have the name check protocol and those kinds of things like that. We have never personally tried that, but I've heard great things about it. And all that is, is it's controlling the inflammatory response that can cause a developmental delay. And they believe that that can happen from bacteria overgrowth in the gut, hence why part of that we did do with Grayson and putting him on a probiotic. We did grapefruit seed extract because he did come back with a bacteria in the gut, although he never showed signs that he was sick. It was not on the outside. It was on the inside. Um, Patients who have experienced success with this protocol said it completely reversed the symptoms, and I've heard really good things, and they actually have support groups for them on Facebook where you can find information about these protocols and everything else. But what they do is the child takes olive oil, fish oil, and a probiotic called inulin. And that is supposed to reduce the inflammation of the bacteria overgrowth. Um, it restores omega-3-6s. So it's definitely something to look into. Um, I, I definitely suggest every parent out there with a child on the spectrum, read the books. Do things that not that the doctors aren't telling you. Um, it's definitely worth looking at. Just keep your mind open and, you know, go into it with, okay, so I put my kid on fish oil. It doesn't work. What can possibly happen? You stop the fish oil. But if you have a behavior problem and you're going to a developmental pediatrician, the doctor at his um, diagnosis evaluation appointment had said he's too young now, but if the behavior continues, we can put him on... Ritalin. It was Ritalin and it was... was um,
0: Ritalin and something else.
1: I can't remember the name of it. It's actually like a bipolar kind of medication. And Risperdal is the name of it. And it is really strong. And I looked at her and said, I will never put my child on that. So I was willing to try to take out dairy rather than put him on a highly sedative drug that has so many side effects that I don't know how he's going to react to. And that was what made me trust the biomedical. It's all natural. Minerals, as Sean was saying earlier, vitamins um and that's for anybody I mean, that is for adults it's worth
0: looking into regardless. absolutely I mean.
1: it is out of pocket and sh- it is not covered by insurance no. and that does deter a lot of pay- parents but if you can get on a payment plan and try it out I mean just think about when you're going and getting them you know reevaluated every year and you're paying thousands add up one year of biomedical and it might be like two three grand you know or maybe more yeah. including the vitamins but you're paying the same price and I feel like you're actually seeing the changes, and you can possibly get further that way. So it, we're huge believers believers in it, and I have never been for vitamins or all-natural diets or anything like that. I was never a believer, but I saw this literally happen with my own eyes. So I vouch 100%. Yeah.
0: Oh, definitely. Do you and feel I, the same? Yeah I, think it, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean... I think it's been amazing and and it's really helped him a lot um you know he made a lot of progress after that after we put him on those supplements and he did really well for a while and then we kind of i think we plateaued just a little bit right around the time that covid started and we got locked down and we lost all our aba therapists because we didn't want anybody in the house and then we were kind of trying to work with him on our own for four months. Which went really months. great. Anyway, he, he did great. Yeah. We did do some, he did learn some new skills during that yeah. time period. We got through it making some progress, which was great. Even though, you know, we didn't have them here to help us. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think, when did we start back with therapy? We yet? started end of June. End of June. Okay, yeah. so we got I just him. went so through my photos the other day. So I think we missed maybe three months. Three, when we three went back, months, yeah. Three months.
1: There was no way we could keep him out longer than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we needed to get him back as soon as we could.
1: Yeah, so you know, instead of going with three therapists. We didn't therapists, want to
0: lose out on that, that time. Yeah. That he could be making progress. And um, it was a little bit challenging when he first came back.
1: He did great, uh, though. The BCBA couldn't he believe how fast he transitioned back into it. Into it, yeah. And some of the kids didn't. They, you know, we got really lucky with Grace. And a lot of these children had a really hard time during the quarantine. And we got really lucky because it really could have been much worse. So yeah. I think he adjusted just fine. We did drop down, though, from three therapists to one just because...
0: We didn't want a lot of people coming in Yeah, we just couldn't with, have you know, it. pandemic and everything. So we so. went with
1: the strictest therapist that we thought was at that point is what grayson needed it, we yeah. weren't going to take it easy anymore we were going to kind of get right to push business. them a little bit harder yeah
0: yeah the, and um they were doing really well for a while um and then we were having some tr- challenges with him doing the give me and identifying the right thing and not just scrolling through them and giving us everything he
1: would just hand you anything he would just
0: get hand we we put you know two things on the table and be like, hand hey me the ball. And he'd grab both things and hand it to me real fast.
1: Just to get his shot Just to get the
0: activity done. Yeah. Um, and our BCBA was having our RBT do them with two options. Just two options of things to choose. <clears throat> like they did it with numbers and letters. All different things to see what, oh, he knew. what would work well for him. Um, finally... The RBT is like, you know, he's doing really well today. I feel like we should just try we something. we should just try something. He took out the flashcards. He threw eight flashcards out on the table of all random letters of the alphabet, and he asked, "Give me three. Give me ten. Give me five. The, the, the numbers. The numbers. And he gave them every single one right. Then he took out <laughs> then he took out the Futes. alphabet and did the same thing. He got every one right. Then they changed the the uh, median from uh, uh flashcards to like three D blocks. And he got all of them right. And we were like Then they and took I, the we were just a sti- sketch. Me and the brain. ABA therapist were literally just sitting there like with our jaws dropped. Yeah. Speechless. Like, yeah. wait, like maybe we just aren't working this kid hard enough yep. and he's bored.
1: Then they took, I said <laughs> extra sketch, it's not the extra sketch. Um, They took the board where you can just write and then erase it by sliding the slider to the right. So they took that and he wrote down just words like, you know, Bray, cat, Ed, dog. Cat, Dog, yeah.
0: No, for and February. our therapist's name
1: is Ed and he wrote his name and asked Grayson, he wrote down Mom, Dad, and he wrote down Grayson and asked him the words. And And Grayson pointed to every single one. Words that he, like, we didn't go over, like, oh, this is this, and how to read them. um, But he knew all of them. He knows how to spell his therapist's name, and he's never seen it written down.
0: Yeah, and... It's incredible. Because he doesn't verbally communicate...
1: Doesn't mean... We
0: didn't even know that. We didn't know that he knew that stuff. Yeah. You know, which obviously creates its own challenges in and of itself, but... I mean though that like two week period where we discovered all of that was kinda of like a breakthrough. Ever since then he's been like just yeah. absorbing
1: God, so smart
0: information like constantly. I mean he's learning and mastering new things every single week. Yeah. Um making progress with everything every single week. Um it's and unbelievable. it's it's so exciting. I can't believe where we're at today. He can communicate so much better. He's learning how to use uh, the PEX cards in
1: the in yeah, perfect way his now. Items.
0: To, it took some time to work on that, but now he's really, yeah, he's getting that. Um,
1: he is his really His socializations a great kid.
0: improving. He's interacting with people more, yeah. uh, even with other kids. Which you know, obviously, COVID hurt that for a little bit, but you know, yeah, yeah, he, he's still doing it, and uh, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, he's. He is amazing I I he's he just amazes me every single day it's sometimes I just look and I'm like God I made that so like it's if this is it was an
0: audio and you actually had a video of us right now like you would be able to to, to to handle the smiles we have on our faces
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Seriously,
0: just because of how uh, happy we get when we talk about him. Yeah, and how he's such
1: a good kid, just behavior-wise. I'm
0: so proud of him.
1: We would go out to restaurants, and we would have Grayson next to us, and Grayson would be sitting there reading a book, and people would be done their dinners and you know pay for their check and leave, and they would walk by our table and they would stop and be like, "Gosh, I wish my child or my grandchild behaved how he does." he sat there and just read a book where sometimes you see just kids running all over the place they're and they're not listening.
0: Knocking crazy Yeah,
1: like, he <laughs> is just like, I'm going to sit here and read my book. Like, it's the funniest thing if, like, Sean's playing a video game. Grayson's sitting there reading, like, a 50 States book and Sean's playing a video game. I'm like, what is going on here? You're four. Like, it's, it's really incredible to see him do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, so...
1: So well behaved. You know,
0: I want to say... To everybody out there that, you know, is going through the journey like we are. You know, we've only been going through it for four and a half years now, but it's been up and down. It's like a roller coaster, but never give up. Um, It's going to pay off one day. (laughs) And we were worried, and, you know, uh, you know getting to the point where we don't know how much more we could deal with deal with uh we were we were lucky enough that you know God finally came through and helped him and you know we're in so much of a better place right now yeah and and I'm so proud so don't give up never give up can always do things to to help our kitties get better so and you
1: know like yeah (laughs) and I think that even if you don't have a child on the spectrum if you have a neurotypical child you are going to have your moments where you just want to scream. But I will say that is like with anything in life. It's great and you have difficult moments and that's what you learn from. I think the biggest thing for us is never getting frustrated with Grayson. I always try to understand Grayson in every single moment of what could be upsetting him. And I try to have a lot of compassion for him. So we reassure him a lot that we love him The most important thing is not to lose your patience and get frustrated. Um, A lot of these kids, they just don't understand sometimes, and we can't expect them to. And, again, if they can't communicate, we don't know if something's going on with them. He could be flipping out and meltdown meltdown because his stomach hurts, and he can't explain that. So how else is he supposed to get his point across? So that's how I look at it. Um, You know, we have never smacked or hit Grayson for how he was ever and I think that's the point where in the beginning when this happens you say what did I do God to deserve this when it first happens and you're still ignorant to it and now I'm so thankful that he's mine because I have we have the patience to deal with him and where some parents could not and he might have gotten smacked or beat for not talking or having a meltdown and a parent not understanding him so I am so grateful that he is our son
0: yeah so before we wrap up is there anything, any other comments, points you, you'd you like to make?
1: everybody just hang in there um, like I said before if you're having a bad day, anything like that Please, you know, check out our Instagram and our Facebook. It's under Building the Puzzle. And just write a message. Write a post. Um, and there's a lot of yeah. parents that you can just reach out to that are going through the same thing. Autism groups are very, very important.
0: Yeah, let's all help each other and support each other out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're
0: not, we're, none of us are alone.
1: No. Okay. We can help anybody through anything.
0: For Autism, Building, building the, puzzle, the Puzzle, one piece, piece at, at a time. time. I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Alex.
0: Signing off. Take care, everybody.